this motherfucker! Ah, Grant. What have you been eating most recently? Partha, I'm afraid this has to be a compressed intro because you're going to see Dune in nine minutes, no? It's funny because our last episode was also a little bit compressed because I was going to see Halloween Kills and then that actually didn't end up happening. And the funny thing about that is out of the two of us, I'm the one who's now seen Halloween Kills, even though we we spent a whole episode talking about how you had a hard out so you could go see it. Yeah, that's this time I'm actually going to be seeing the movie. We've bought the tickets and everything. I uh, gave it two and a half stars on Letterboxd. Uh, I will quickly read my review. As soon as the movie was starting to begin, it started to end, and then it ended. Uh, As someone who liked the 2018 Halloween, this movie was not good, but, you know, it was... It was $8 at RU Cinema, so what are you going to do? But part seeing Dune and IMAX like a man. Yeah, but, uh, Trent, you you didn't answer my question. Well, I asked you in my Bane Bane voice, Trent. I did my Bane voice for you. I appreciated that. Uh, I just had some applesauce because I'm out of groceries and um, living off living off the pantry scraps. What about you? Friend of the show, Sophia Alexis, uh, came over today, and neither of us had lunch because I had a uh, long day shooting last night. Yeah. Um, till four a.m. Ouch. And yeah, almost a twelve-hour shoot. And then um, the heartache of student film, you know. Oh yeah. And then I had to wake up early because I had to attend a screening and I had to do all these things. So I didn't actually eat anything for a while. Parth then... may or may not have taken the bus to go sign into the screening to then immediately leave and take the bus home. Trent, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and then I picked up some food that we actually I actually left at Trent's house last night while filming. You used me for my refrigeration. Yeah, and then Sophia and I had some paneer kati rolls. I, I looked at it last night. Last night I got home after the shoot, and I was so fucking starving, and I looked at your bag of food. And I was you were like, welcome to having one of them. I, I wasn't sure if that was out of line. but No, 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 definitely. Trent, Trent, my food is your food. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, I just stole some of my roommates' vegetable samosas, but they don't have to know about that. Luckily, when your Woo! friends when your friends don't listen to the pod, you can say that you steal their food. You can do show. like really horrible things, honestly. So should we we uh, should we cut to the next part of the show? Yeah, I guess. I mean, we've run this whole thing into the ground, right? Yeah, no, we're on a steady decline. But let's talk about the film of the week. You know, this week. Cue the intro. Welcome back to Craft Services, where we talk about the movies. Each week we talk about a film, and hopefully you have a crew member of that film to talk with us about their experience working on the picture. This week, we finish off the last of our Halloween interviews, don't yeah, we, Trent? it's the end of an era. October is a month, and it has a holiday in it known as Halloween. And Halloween is pr- a pretty spooky time of the year, so we did three spooky movies, and this is the third... And perhaps the spookiest of the three. It is Evil Dead, the remake of Sam Raimi's classic, The Evil Dead. Yeah, in class the other day, um, we were talking about Evil Dead and Scream, and they came up in the same sentence. And then my professor overheard and took it very seriously and took a poll. And uh, the vast majority was Scream. Thoughts? Defense? 
I've not seen Scream, but as you know, we had this discussion. From what I understand about Scream, it's just completely different from Evil Dead. Yeah, it's not really a fair comparison. Just whenever we have interesting conversations in real life away from microphones, I then have to replicate it on the show, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just yeah. like a, a worse derivative of it. Because this show is just an empty shell of what our lives have become, kind of, no? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but you know what wasn't an empty shell? This interview? With Aaron Morton, the cinematographer of the Evil Dead remake. It's pretty fucking dope. He was super cool. He talks about how they filmed a bunch of scenes, you know, what was, how how they filmed especially that ending with all the rain and the blood rain and everything. You know, the relationship to the preceding films and the franchise. You know, yeah. we talk about all, all things Evil Dead and, you know. How he got the job. Yep, Parth and I like Evil Dead when we talk about his other movies that he worked on, some other interesting stuff. So you should, I know you're like already listening to this because you're hearing our voices, but you should continue to listen through the entirety of the interview until it's completed. And then the interview will conclude and then Parth and I will come back and we'll say some words at the end. And we'll tell, (gasps) wait, Parth, are we at liberty to say what comes next? Or we're at liberty to say one thing that comes next, and you'll just have to figure out what it is at the end of this episode. Okay, like I'm not gonna say anything, but let's just say the movie we are covering—it's pretty good. Ah. The movie we are covering after the Evil Dead is pretty monumental. It's Parth and I getting back into our comfort zone. I'd say it's like remember when we were doing the Spider-Man movies and we were kind of in the zone, auto zone. Like mm-hmm. we're back. Anyways, this is a great interview. Uh, Oh, also, I totally forgot to mention this, but he talks about working on the new Lord of the Rings series. Yes. Uh, Towards the end, not too much, because he's uh, he's got all those NDAs, but um, it's super cool. So without further ado, here goes Aaron Morton. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our interview with Aaron Morton. He's the cinematographer that's worked on such projects as Shadow and Bone, Black Mirror, and our film for today, Fide Alvarez's Evil Dead. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. So first of all, we wanted to just ask what your relationship with film was at a young age. Um, It was a a reasonably close relationship. I've always been a bit of a nerd for um, the movies, but... um, I wasn't one of those kids that grew up with a Super 8 camera in my hand and, and that sort of thing. I wasn't uh, that that far or that well-educated that young. Um, I was more into playing guitar, to be honest. Um, and then uh, my obsession switched from music to film uh, my late teens, early 20s when I started getting into the business. How, how did you find yourself on set in any capacity for the first time? Not even as a DP, but in any working way. Yeah, like as a, a PA, making coffees and and um, figuring out who did what, and I quickly gravitated to the camera department and met a. Uh, ha- well, I've had some really good mentors in those early years. So, what was the first uh, movie that you DP'd? It was a, it was called Nemesis Game. Uh, we shot it in Toronto. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a New Zealand Canadian sort of co-production. Mm-hmm. Um, very lucky for uh, my good friend, the director, to take me over to Toronto uh, and and make sure I was still attached to the film. So, very lucky. 
Is there a big film industry in New Zealand, or do you often find yourself traveling to the United States or Canada? Uh, the last eight or nine years, I've mostly worked offshore, uh, mostly worked overseas. Um, we do have a, a very strong industry here, but it's not a very large industry because we don't have uh, a large population. Um, just New Zealand work, um, or it's tough, tough uh, just to survive on the, on the New Zealand work only which took me overseas, yeah. So to get into our main topic of the day, uh, how did you find yourself uh, working on Evil Dead? Yeah, very. feel very lucky to have done Evil Dead. Um, uh, I had done a lot of work with Rob Tappett before, um, who was the producer of the original Evil Deads and, and mm-hmm. was looking to reboot it with Fede. I've worked with Rob since I first started back on Xena, Xena the Warrior Princess, mm-hmm. and then many... Um, films uh with him since then and then uh, yeah because of that got a chance to interview with fide and we liked each other and um we made it and um yeah super proud of it did you get a chance to meet sam raimi no no he never he, he i don't believe he likes to fly so I, he he um he didn't come down at the time so mm-hmm. i've never never had the pleasure did you have a past like a just casual fan relationship with the Evil Dead franchise or were you uh, like thrust into it and then you watched the preceding movies as a sort of like visual inspiration? I I was a fan when they came out somewhat, you know, as a teenager loved them, but they it wasn't a, an obsession per se. Um and then got to know them a lot better once we we dug into the our version of it. So speaking of like those older movies, how much of an inspiration were they for this? Because it's 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 kind of similar, but it's it's very different at the same time. So how 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 much of an inspiration were they? Well, they're inspiration in that we that they they spawned this reboot, but we didn't watch them and try and emulate uh, mm-hmm. a lot of what they'd done before, other than sort of the evil force rushing through the forest yeah. stuff you know that w- that was fun to do um so we def- mm-hmm. definitely wanted to tip our hat to the originals but but also be original in our take on it did you do the evil force as like a steady cam like i know sam raimi did his like on a motorcycle so i'm sure that you guys did a more formal process yeah, a few different ways i think actually rob told me a story that they did it they actually nailed literally uh, uh an old airy sr 16 mil camera to a two by four and just ran through the forest with, with the camera stuck to a piece of wood. We did it. We were a little more elaborate than that. Some of our stuff was Steadicam. Some of it was um, me handheld suspended off a cable flying through the forest. Yeah. It sort of depended on the, on the terrain we were trying to fly over. So sort of getting into the pre-production process, uh, what kind of conversations did you and Fide have about the look of the movie? How did like what kind of preparations did you guys have? Were you guys using storyboards? Yeah, um, look, Fide loved doing storyboards and had a really firm idea in his mind of how he wanted it to to look and feel. Um, he what was great about Fede, he wanted to do as much in camera as possible. So he didn't mm-hmm. want to rely on CG for any of the sort of gore effects and, and wanted to, to really have a classic um, old school feel to it. And that was really cool because it, it forced us to have a lot of discussions about how we would pull things off, you know, whether it's someone's arm coming off or, yeah, the, the various 
um, horrible things that happen, we'd had to be, we we'd have to be pretty inventive about how we would do that. You know, um, yeah, it was great. Speaking of in camera effects, the the trees scene, the tree attack scene. Did you use stop motion for that? No, we didn't. That was um, just sort of good editing, and we did some stuff in reverse. So we, mm. um, I think we wound the, the vines on, and then you know it, it'd make it feel as though the the vine was crawling up a leg. Or, um, but no, I don't think we did any stop motion. And there's a lot of in the movie. There's like a very misty, atmospheric look to it, and we're wondering how you guys decided on that, and how you actually achieved that look yeah oh, look um we wanted to go for a fog thing just because we thought it would look cool and it would also help blend the what we did on location with the stage work you know so the, uh, probably half of that sequence is actually inside on the studio uh, and then half it's outside so it's hard to maintain that level of smoke uh, outside because of wind and and you know just the physics of it um but uh, yeah, our special effects team did a fantastic job, and and so yeah, two reasons: one, we thought it would look cool, and the other, uh, practical reasons about blending both uh, stage and location work. So, was there a practical cabin out in the woods, or was this shot on studio, or was it a combination? Yeah, it was a combination. Uh, we had a had a, the cabin in the woods, but not with the the interior wasn't complete, um, and then we had had one on stage that had the complete interior as well as the front porch. Like, so that end mm-hmm. sequence when the sun comes up at the end, one direction is actually on the stage when we're looking at her and we drop down, she picks up the little, um, amulet thing. Uh, mm-hmm. when looking at her, it's on stage and looking away from her is on location. Uh, one of the sequences that I think is like the best sequence in the movie is, I mean, throughout the whole sequence, it's raining blood kind mm-hmm. of. And I was wondering, what was that like to sh- shoot? How did you guys prep that? You know, how'd you yeah. achieve that effect? A lot of, a lot of paint, a lot of uh, tempura, <laughs> I think it's tempura paint. I might be getting that wrong, but it's, uh, um, and I wish I could remember the, the, the amount, but it was in the thousands and thousands of liters put through traditional rain towers so um yeah it's just many nights of me running around covered in paint when you did that was that just like that's one take and then you have to have it or did you guys have to redo any stuff or well it was just another another thing to deal with it was was pretty pretty brutal on the equipment and and stuff Mm -hmm. um my fondest memory of that is anytime they'd say cut wardrobe department would rush out with warm towels on jane and i'd be standing there just you know dripping with paint as well but no one cared quite as much about me so did you have a multi-cam setup at any time or was it single cam it was two cameras most of the time you had two cameras two full um camera teams um and with so much gore effects and and stunts and things it's better to try and capture capture with two cameras or, or or even more because um, you don't want to have Jane to have to repeat certain things too much, too often, you know. That's the the mindset behind it is that you're doing these. Uh, you only want to do these effects so many times, and so you might as well record it from two angles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and it's hard to repeat some of the things, you know. And certainly, as I say, it's hard to put Jane or the actor through 
certain physical things too many times. It's just just tough to do. Yeah. I mean, one of the scenes that seems kind of difficult was like the chainsaw scene. Uh, what was that like to shoot? The, at the very end with the when she's carving the yeah. beast in yeah. two. That was awesome, yeah. actually. It was yeah. a, a lot of it was so much fun. Um, it, just because it, it was just so crazy. Um, I love that last that image of you know digging into the you know the head of the creature and yeah, yeah. It was just cool making sort of creating iconic little moments. You know. How how long was the shoot? It was a pretty d- decent shoot. It was fourteen weeks. I think we had yeah. Oh okay. About nearly seventy days to do it, which we needed. You know the we talk about doing as much in camera and practical, do it, doing it practically, but it, that's super time consuming, you know. Um, so we were lucky to have as as long a schedule as we did. Is it hard going into a scene knowing that CG effects are going to be added later, but you have to like see the scene now before those have been implemented? Um, it's not hard necessarily. It's just another element of the process, you know. So in the planning of things. Um, it's about knowing what will be there, um, and it makes sure everybody's on the same page, so that the things that we we do or initiate on set can be followed through in post. But as I say, most of it was in camera. There was, there was mm-hmm. um, very little that I mean. Obviously, there's some some things, nail guns, etc., uh, which we weren't really firing at each other, but. Um, mm-hmm. But whenever possible, we're trying to do it without CG augmentation. What would you say was the sequence or scene that you found most difficult to sort of prep and actually shoot? And uh, what would you say is the scene that you're you're sort of most proud of in the movie? And they can be the same scene, I guess. But if you could just sort of, if you have one in particular. Yeah, I guess it's the whole finale around the car, you know, with the mm-hmm. creature chasing her, you know, out of that shit. How, how did you guys do her? Her hand come yeah. off. I mean, it looks so gross. It's so gross, I mean, right? In a good way, but yeah, no, totally. Um, well, it's just a prosthetic, just good acting and good prosthetic makeup. You know, mm-hmm. although even the way that skin stretches just before yeah. the hand breaks off, it's pretty, pretty grotesque. But um, yeah, it's it's Fede's vision. You know, he knew from the get go that the way he wanted it to look and and where the skiers were and and um how to get the audience on edge. Um, and we sort of just followed through on, on his vision. It was pretty cool. So, but yeah, that sequence at the end with the car and having it roll on top of her, um, and then her breaking her own, own arm to escape. And uh, that was probably the, the most fun. Yeah. So you also worked on, uh, episodes of black mirror as well as Bandersnatch. And we were curious about how you got involved with that. Um, that was sort of through Evil Dead. So uh, Dan Trachtenberg, uh, who did Ten Cloverfield Lane, uh, was was prepping a Black Mirror episode that he was going to direct, and he'd seen Evil Dead and really liked it. So he gave me a call, and um, I went up to London with him, and yeah, we made the f- that first Black Mirror that I did was Playtest, um, which is the one with the, the American tourist, you know, thinking he's in, inside a game, which is pretty fun. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of games, you worked on Bandersnatch, which yeah. I mean, that must have what? How much footage did you guys shoot? Because that's kind of notoriously yeah. a lot of yeah, that was different a, things you can do. That's right. We shot a lot. It took a long time. In fact, they extended the schedule after we we'd start prepping because we 
as we got into it, we realized just how much more time we were going to need um, to the point where I couldn't shoot the last week. I had to go. Oh, really? So there yeah. was a second DP on that? Yeah. Um, a wonderful guy called Jake Polonsky. Um, he, he sort of finished it off for us and um, did some great work. So in the post-production, are you at all involved in the post-production process of like coloring the movie at all? Or is that kind of yep. a case-by-case basis? It is a bit of a case-by-case basis. Depends on, on the show and, and the post environment, if you like, and sort of the scheduling of when that happens. Am I on another job already? Or, but whenever I can, I'm involved um, and work closely with people up front to sort of get close to the look um, in advance you know, um, and for that reason, in case I'm not able to to be across the whole uh, final color. So you were the second unit DP on Mulan. Yeah, that was the job I had to leave Bandersnatch to go do. Mm. Oh, is that so? And so how long was the Mulan job? Did you yeah, go to China? Was, yeah, we did. Went to China. It was amazing. We went uh, oh. all through China, um, shot in some incredible spots. Um, yeah. Fine, that was... So were you shooting like crowd stuff? Like what kind of what what kind of stuff was needed for the second unit? Uh, a lot of um, scenic work at the village where Milan grew up. A lot of uh, fight beats um, for the sort of finale, uh, and like when she's run, racing across rooftops and things like that. We had mm-hmm. you know did a lot of stunt work with long lines and things, literally. Um, the stunt people running across rooftops. Um, what else? There's a lot of um, all the work in the snow with the av- avalanche. When you're doing a second unit DP job, are you? Do you communicate with the main unit to sort of you know, or do you just see the footage? No, we communicate very closely with the main unit and uh, DP and the main unit director. Um, you know, it's all about making the same movie. You know, so mm-hmm. you can't can't deviate too far from from what's required um and that's that's hopefully the skill of it where you, it, you can't really tell who, who shot what so do they would the first unit give you like more specific uh, as a second unit is everything storyboarded out like i'm sure there's still some creative leeway and then that's what you're like narrowing down when you're ta- when communicating with the first unit yeah a lot of the sequences are storyboarded heavily um but you also rely – John Mahaffey was our, our second unit director. He's an, an incredible um, director and super experienced. And so uh, with certain stunts and sort of technical shooting, you, you need that type of experience to get you to the shots that the main unit want. You know, a lot, of, mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of it is either dangerous or time-consuming, and so that's why we end up with it on second unit. You're not wasting the time with the main actors sitting around while we do a stunt, you know. Um, yeah. So it's at least talked about, but often heavily storyboarded. Uh, certainly on a job of that scale. Uh, so you you mentioned you worked on Xena earlier, yeah. and that's how you kind of got involved with uh, Evil Dead in the first place. So can you speak about how you got that job, and then what you know how, yeah. how you got involved with Robert Tappert? I guess uh, Xena was my film school basically. So I I I didn't go to college. I I was pretty much straight out of high school. Um, got a job as a PA, uh, and then met camera people, as I was mentioning earlier. Um, and I left this, that little production company and, and started freelance uh, clapper loader work. And then Xena was starting, and um, a guy called Kevin Riley hired me as the second unit loader, clapper loader on Xena. 
and uh, I worked on every single episode from that point. And um, oh my god, really? Wow! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah every single six years of Xena. I gave six mm-hmm. years of my life to Xena, uh, and don't regret it, regret it one bit because um, I learned an enormous amount and met some great people. Uh, one of whom was Rob, who produced that that show and Hercules. Um, and then, as I said, he he started to bring other American films down to New Zealand, and I started shooting the second units on those for him. Um, mm-hmm. He then did uh, shows like Legend of the Seeker. Uh, and Spartacus, the Spartacus for Stars, which I shot most of, or, you know, half of. Um, yeah, so I had a really cool relationship with Rob Tappet over the years. He's a good man. So we're wondering what you are working on now or what you have planned next. Um, I just finished uh, the Lord of the Rings TV show down here in New Zealand. Oh, my God. That's not on your IMDb yet. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm very, very lucky to... to swing that job uh, as i said i've been working offshore the last eight or nine years mostly and then to get the this uh, big job in new zealand was was a, a real mm-hmm. treat for me yeah i mean i'm sure you can't talk about much of that because no. it's lord of the rings but yeah. um how long were you on it like how long was your shooting schedule for uh yeah long i've been on it a, a year and a half but we through COVID last year, there was lockdowns down yeah, in New Zealand. Yeah, did you guys get shut down? I guess. Yeah, we did. Um, and um, but just very lucky to to be in New Zealand for that time because of how well our government has has handled the whole mm-hmm. the whole COVID. You know, it was certainly had a science and health based approach. Yeah, same. <laughs> like it's it's been tough watching from afar, uh, you guys, and how how tough it's been in, on America and the rest of the world. Yeah, we've been very fortunate to have so little loss of life down here. Uh, I, I was just going to ask, do you know what stream, what service the Lord of the Rings TV show will be re- released through eventually? Amazon. Amazon. Yep. I see. And will it be released like in installments or all at once, if you know that sort of thing? I, I'm not sure if I can say. Um, oh. I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure it's been released that it's going to be weekly, but... I think I think you I don't want to get anybody in trouble here. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But so what were uh, how different was it shooting on set with like COVID protocols? Like how different was it? Uh, Look, actually, it didn't turn out to be too bad for us. It was just we had to wear masks all day um, and limit who was around the actors. Um, Mm -hmm. But because we haven't had COVID uh, as far as community transmission in New Zealand, well, for a long time, we did have some. Um, it meant that other than the masks, we were, we were able to sort of get on with things and shoot relatively normally. So do you know what your next job is going to be? Or are you taking a, a rest after a year and a half of Lord of the Rings? Yeah, uh, I've had a little bit of time off just trying to figure out what, what the next gig will be, to be honest. Um, I'm going to try and stay home in New Zealand a little longer. Um, yeah, but it's, certainly it's a bit in, better there <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty lucky. We're pretty lucky. Uh, Trent, do you think it's time for the final Big Kahuna question? Yeah, Uh-oh. should I ask it? Ask the Big Kahuna final question. Cool. Uh, so uh, don't worry, it's nothing crazy. It's just uh, what was the last great thing you watched? And it can be a first-time watch, a rewatch, whatever kind of watch it was. What a good question. Um, um, I'm trying to think. It had to have knocked your socks off. 
Um, it's so funny. I actually, I've been watching so little. I've been working so much that it's so little time. Um, it can be a TV show or or whatever, or just yeah. Hey Charlie, what did we see at the movies? What was that last thing? God, it can't be that great if I'm struggling to remember. <laughs> it was actually Black Widow. Um, my son just. Oh, remembered. okay. But that's probably not the last great thing or the greatest thing. Yeah. Oh man. I'm feeling so lame that I can't think of a good answer. No, Blackwood is Blackwood is a, a reasonable answer. It's a recent release. <laughs> oh, uh, that would be it. Yeah. So re- rewatched Almost Famous uh, at the movies. Oh. Uh, a few weeks ago. Now we're talking. No, that's yeah. a good movie. That's a great movie. Great movie. Not the Blackwood isn't right? a good movie, but um, in terms of the last great thing I watched would would, would be would have been that. Yeah. And so yes. I'm to uh, my son hadn't seen it before, so it's good to see it with him. Very fun. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on, Aaron Morton. We appreciate your time. He's been a cinematographer for a bunch of interesting projects like Black Mirror and Evil Dead. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, Always fun to talk about movies and, and what I've been up to. Thanks a lot. Aaron Morton in the bag. Yes. Uh, interview concluded. Good work, Parth. Proud of you, buddy. Put it in the books. Yeah. Um, do you think we'll interview someone next week? Perhaps a steady cam operator of some sort? Well, next week we're going to be discussing Evil Dead Trent. Yeah. You no. little silly Nelly. You forgot. Just you and me? I'm, I'm eager to rewatch the movie because uh, I don't know how I'll feel about it. It, it it sort of makes the show interesting when one of us is angry or dissatisfied, mm. but it is also fun when we both just love the movie and shower it with compliments and you know do our yeah, do, do our jo- do our Joker voices. Hmm. Interesting that you mentioned the Joker. Anything you want to say about the show's future plans or anything? Or you think so? Yeah, why not? You think I could speak on such a topic? I'd I'd love to give the revelation of this information to you. I'd love to give you this responsibility. This is a little tease to the um, the patient listeners who have uh, your stayed till the end of the episode. We appreciate that, and so we're going to tell you that the next film we are covering is. It's not an episode we deserve, but it's the one we need right now. It it, it is. It's gonna give. It's gonna bring Parth and I back from the dead, the evil dead, quite literally, mm-hmm. and I think give us a little spark. And you know, even after the Dark Knight, like. It's crazy because I, I'm excited about that, but like something big we is can't, coming. We can't, we can't, we can't reveal that yet. Oh, but, oh, Parth, come on. But we're dropping hints left and right, and maybe next week we'll outright say what's coming. But let's just say. But also, there's going to be a special in between. Oh, that. Oh, we've got so much fun stuff planned, don't we, Trent? We've got so many tricks up our little sleeves. Yeah, no, our sleeves are long and tricked up. Yeah, no, they're thoroughly entrenched, entrenched with tricks. So, part we're past your hard out time. It, we are. You, you have to go view a movie on a big screen. I have to go run to the New Brunswick IMAX cinema. Yeah, we have to stop talking on these medium-sized screens. Um, but yeah, join us next week for our discussion of Evil Dead. Follow us on all of our social media, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. Give us five stars. Five It'd be stars. super cool. That would be really cool. Um, yeah, that's all for now. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. See you later. See you next week.